Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yes, we've got an absolute magician on the show this week. A guy who's put more men on their arse than Buckfast. Paddy McCourt, how are you doing, mate? Doing well, buddy. Good to see you. Happy to be back here. Aye, look, it's been... Uh, I was over there in May for the first time in five years, and, you know, with me finishing playing up now very soon, hopefully get a, a bag a bit more, and, you know, it's looking very well at the front and all that. Uh-huh. Now, this interview, mate, is just like any other game for you. Give us a good 60 minutes, mate, and we'll get you off on it. Aye, happy days. Well, get guys to be fair, I used to only do 30, so <laughs> don't know where you're getting the other 30 from. How's all fitness now? Still Aye, fit as any now? No, no, still struggling. Uh, <laughs> Slug on crutches. Knee, knee injury at the minute. First knee injury I've had, like, and typical mm-hmm. comes in the last couple of months, but no, nah, going all right. Like, just played the last couple of years in Ireland and enjoying it still, so. And this will be your last year, and then it's into the coaching, I think? Aye, last couple of weeks. I've just took a Academy director role at Derry City, so I'll be uh, kept very busy with that now and looking forward to getting going at it. Uh-huh. We guys will just be doing tricks all the time, wouldn't they? Oh, aye, aye. Just, just make sure they uh, do plenty of 1v1s and <laughs> forget about the running. Right, mate. Your first club was Rochdale. How did that come about going to Rochdale for, for Ireland? Uh, scout in Derry at the time. He's actually a scout now for Celtic. A fella called Matt Bradley. Right. He was... He was friends, I think, or he was doing a wee bit of work for Ratsdale. I don't know how that came about, but that's that's what he was doing anyway. And I was 16 coming 17 and just I'd gone back to school, but I had no interest in school, to be honest. And I was playing a match someday and Matt was there. I knew him fairly well anyway. And he, he asked me, look, would you be interested in going across? And went across and it was a weird one because like, I, I didn't really know who Ratsdale was, but mm-hmm. I just seen it as an opportunity to get across to England and you know, went over a few years there. Like, and, so what went wrong at Rochdale? How come you never really made it there? Ah, well, to be fair, I, you know, I broke down quite early and, uh-huh. you know, it was, made my debut at 17, but he's a young boy living in Diggs and, you know, at the time I'd just signed a new contract, it was five or six hundred quid a week, which is good money, uh-huh. like, for a 17, 18-year-old. And as you do, like, you just start doing the wrong things, going out the wrong times. And the, the problem I had was I was never blessed with natural fitness and, you know, and if you just keep doing it for too long, it ends up catching up on you. And my form just dipped and started picking up injuries. And all of a sudden, I went from clubs being interested in terms of signing me to not even getting on the team and mm-hmm. just stopped enjoying it then. I thought, I'm, I'm just going to go home. And so did you not try and stay in England? Was it just, I want to get uh, home? Huh? I had a couple of opportunities to stay around a couple of League Two clubs. I actually went on trial to Mullerwell uh-huh. for a couple of weeks, but... It was a waste of time because I wasn't interested, you know, my head at that stage. It was just like, I just wanted to go home and I ended up going to Shamrock Rovers then in Dublin. A big Roddy Collins. Big Roddy, yeah. Uh, How was he as a guy? Some crack that was. <laughs> I was still single at the time. There were six of us living in a house. You had myself, a guy I used to play for Rangers, Lee Feeney. Right. You know, uh-huh, Lee Feeney, that uh, is. Uh-huh. Lee, madman, some crack. We had a big French guy called Mikael, we had an American guy called Derek, and... With a boy, Jay Gavin, do you remember him? No. Nah. He was, he played in that good Irish team with 
Robbie Keane and Damien Duff, they won the World Cup or something. They were under right. the under-17s. Brilliant player, but he'd sort of lost his way a bit as well. And he ended up there, like... But he was a madman, so it was five days, like, and we used to play on a Friday night. So Friday night, match, Saturday, Sunday, just on the sauce, two days constant. <laughs> and it was, a, honestly, it was the best six months I ever had in my life, but I was actually playing the best I'd played for years as well. Uh, just because you were enjoying it and that again? Just because I was enjoying it, and Roddy just gave me a freedom to go and play, and, like, Roddy be a big personality in Ireland. His brother's actually Steve Collins, you know, the oh, boxer. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. his brother, I So, you know, he'd be a, a huge sort of personality around Ireland, like, and he was brilliant for me, and... Unfortunately for Rovers at the time, they were struggling for money. So I ended up, I just started looking out with Laura at the time and I ended up going back to Derry and like, but oh, there's some crack in that house, honestly. If you see if I had a video camera, <laughs> you'd have made millions on TV programme. Would Roddy go along in the, the days? Tell us about Jay no, first. Big Jay, right? The worst drinker you've ever seen, right? Yeah. Like long black hair down to here. So the first night we were ever out, first day we were ever out was a Saturday, right? So we were out with about two pints. Next minute, Jay disappears into the toilet, right? And he's wearing like a cream shirt. And must get in and gets a water and just goes like that, throws it in his fist and does this with a hair, right? So the shirt's soaking, right? It's two o'clock in the day. So he didn't really know at the time. He's looking at us. So the next minute, I gets up, 10 minutes later, and again, toilet again, hair, jail. Hey, the shirt's soaking at this time. Worst drink I've ever seen. Two oh, yeah. pints. And uh, that was him done. Ah, oh, some crack. Would Roddy come out with us now? No, not really. Like, you know, we'd, we'd, I think because we'd all come in from different countries and all, the first night we all met up, as you do in pre-season anyway, you know, mm. with the manager and staff and all that. But the club were in bad shape at that time. They'd no money. ended up going under administration. And mm. we were all out to leave for free. And that's when we back to Derry. And you happy to get a move back to Derry? I was. Uh, it suited me at the time. When I first came back... I wasn't too keen on going back to Derry because, you know, I was 20, like, and I was single, and going back to your hometown is probably not the smartest thing to do at that stage of where I was at, anyway. And, but as I say, at the time, I just started out with Laura at the time, and it was, it was probably the right time, and I went back and... Steve, for, Stephen Kenny, Stephen right? Kenny, yeah. Stephen was brilliant. Uh, he was perfect for me at that time, you know. He, he actually... He wrote me a letter one day, no word of a lie. He wrote me a letter, two pages on it, like the first time it ever happened, but it was brilliant. Saying um, what, like? Just like, a, you know, I believe if you could make these certain changes, and, you know, for him, he said he, he found it better to, to write it down and, instead of, you know, if you knew him as a man, you could see why, like, and, but what an unbelievable manager, like. Is like, he, huh? Oh, top he, he managed in Scotland, didn't he? He came over to Dunfermline, okay, I, yeah. and he, he ended up getting them to the cup final, but I think they, uh, I think they got relegated in the last day or so, and they just didn't have enough games to keep them up. But they sacked them very early, I think, after that, you know, and they probably didn't get enough time. But, like, I think he's only his mid 40s. I'd be surprised if he's not. I don't know if he'll come back to England or Scotland, but he could end up getting a good job somewhere. And uh, the Inverness manager now, John Robertson, he took over at the. John Robertson was, was there for a while. Uh, he was funny. Uh, my, my lasting memory of John Robertson just. Involves him taking a shit in a bus in every away game. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Every game? Every single game of foul fail, right? The first game, he walks on the bus and he has a pooper in his hand, like, and you know the wee toilets in the bus, like, he barely can piss on them. <laughs> so we're all sitting up the back of the bus and he comes up and he's in there and he's the pooper and everybody's sort of looking, pooper, right? I must take the pooper on the piss or whatever. So we're sitting there. Doesn't come out for about 10 minutes, and we started looking at it. Surely not. So we sort of left it the first game, right? Next away game, two weeks later, the bus pulls up as if he's waiting on the bus. On the bus, the bus hasn't even left yet, and he's in the bog. And that was his nickname, man. Shite the bus. That's his nickname. But, uh, Did he know that? No, no, he didn't know no. He, was, he wasn't there way long, but he used to love head tennis. <laughs> oh, and he was class at it. He used to love joining in himself. That would suit you to the old head oh, tennis. Oh, it was all right. That's why I liked him. Yeah. But uh, no, I quite liked John. But that was a funny story about him. It was just the, the way it was, it was in football. You just see mad stuff. That was one of the maddest things I've ever seen. See, see football in Ireland. Like, how different is it to over here? Is it is it a serious or is it a bit more a laugh? Like, but the boys out a lot more over there than they would be over here. Because you play on a Friday night, don't you? It depends, really. Like, you know, when I was at Derry at the time, well. Some Rovers they start with, like there were six of us, mm -hmm. all of them, probably from the age of 20 to 24. 
we played on a Friday night, what else were we going to do? You know what I mean? And at the time we were up against it in terms of money, because we weren't getting paid. Like, the first six weeks I never got a penny. I was lucky I had some money that I just had a payoff from Rice State, or else you would have been, I don't know what you would have done. Like, mm -hmm. And uh, I was just out all the time and just enjoying it. But as I said, like, I was getting away with it at the time because I was playing decent enough football, mm -hmm. you know. I was scored nine goals in my first 14 or 15 games. Because like. even at Derry, it was three years you were there, but you were flying, weren't you? Did you always feel you were above that level of football here? Uh, Derry too, though. You know, I struggled with injuries at times. There. I had a wild bad back trouble for a while and hamstring. And like Even over the three years, I think I only ended up playing about 70 or 80 games. You know, I missed a lot, but when I was fit and I was playing, I always knew I was, I was capable of better. And, to be fair, I was, I was thankful and the opportunity came to go back across. I was far more prepared for it, mentally as well. Mm -hmm. Where were you when you first heard about Celtic's interest? I was actually at West the Brom. Oh, no, West, Brom. West Brom's <laughs> training ground. I was actually at pub across me, I was going again, but... Uh, no, I West Brom's training ground, and uh, I later found out the story, actually. It was Dermot was telling me one day, because... Like, Dermot Leary? Dermot Desmond. <laughs> When I turned up at the first day, I knew for a fact Strachan looked at me and a clue who I was, not one clue did I have. Well, I'm sure they probably told him, look, there's this boy who's just saying he's coming in. But the story actually came about, it was a friend of Dermot's, it was big in the League of Ireland or whatever, like, mm -hmm. and I was about to sign for West Brom, and I think he rang Dermot and he said, look, this, this lad's good enough or blah, but whatever it was, and that's how it came about. And then... Dermot phoned Peter and said, look, Peter, I want to do this, and, and that's how it came about then. Mm -hmm. And I was at the training ground, was straight up the road. So you obviously at West Brom, so there was other teams in for you, huh? Uh, no, it was West Brom and Norwich. It was, it was probably before Celtic, it was between West Brom and Norwich, like, and then just a, a call came in and it was up the road, like, you know. So would you have went to Celtic over any other club? No, Celtic gave me more money than the other two. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, they did as well, but... To be fair, if it had been the same money, I would have went to Celtic. Celtic like, uh -huh. Definitely, you know, as a young boy, I supported them. And huge following back home where I love as well, you know. Just a, the opportunity I felt at the time would probably never come again, you know. Whereas I felt I've done well at Celtic, and if it didn't, ha didn't happen, I might have the chance to go back down to England or whatever. Uh -huh. But I couldn't, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't have took a chance of passing it up. Like. No. So, see, how long did it take you to realise that Gordon Strachan never signed you? With 30 seconds, <laughs> and he looked at me and went, what's your name? No way. <laughs> no, no, that was bad as that, but I had a horrendous haircut at the time too, remember? So he was looking at that going, fucking hell, he's this boy here. <laughs> Did <laughs> so, you not even get a cut for coming in there? That was a cut. You only seen it before. <clears throat> but uh, no, I wouldn't, looking back now, I probably wouldn't have cared, you know. I was going from Derry City to Celtic, I didn't care if a manager signed me or not, I was going, you know what I mean? But, uh, no, I, I don't know, probably a couple of weeks or whatever. Would he sit and have a proper chat with you now? Gordon? Mm -hmm. After a while, I, you know, it took a while to warm up, do you know what it's like? Especially, I'd been out for three months before I signed, so, you know, my fitness is the best at times in terms of long running and stuff, it's mm -hmm. not great, so we'd done this run on the first day, it was funny actually. Done this run on the first day, and it's like a two minute on, and two minutes on a job yeah. or whatever, right? So after the first two minutes, I'm two pitches behind everybody, right? It was only a jog. And uh, I came in, it was 30 minutes, and I came in after it, and I was like, oh, that boy's Jesus. That's one of her. And they were all, that's an easy day. That's when they were breaking for it. And they were right, oh, the summer running they'd done that pre-season was just, I'd never seen the licks of it. Would you know I'd done a pre-season like that in Ireland? No, no, no. Like Strachan's was no. hard, so, hard pre-season, wasn't it? The stuff he, but apparently Annie only used to, he only used to do it he knew it wasn't probably beneficial, but he used to call it character running, mm -hmm. apparently. And geez, it wasn't long finding out my character, anyway. As soon as I got sore, I just slowed down. <laughs> was there no one sitting Danny McGrain around me? No, he was in front of me. I was trying to catch him. <laughs> but then the boys came out, mate, and we were like, who is this guy, man? I, well, I think, too, to be fair, they, they Gordon and Gary Pendling all the time then. They, they probably looked at the first day's running, and then the next day we done, I don't know, it was 1v1s and 2v2s and stuff. So... I think then they went, Jesus, actually, if we can get this boy a wee bit fit, he might be too bad. Like, and then I think once I got started to get fitter and Gordon seen that I did want to get fit and I wanted to try and become, you know, he started to give you a wee bit more of his time in. And by the time he left after the first year, we got on really well. Like, How did you find the standard? Because obviously in your position, I think it was Nakamura and McGeady. Did you think to yourself, I'm never going to play here? Uh, 
back. She knew it was going to be hard. And first year, I think I only made five appearances, you know, and they were all sub appearances. Uh, come to a club like this, it's going to be difficult to play games, you know. Who impressed you the most when you first went in? Well, Aidan had just come off the back of that season he had, remember, he won all the player of the years. Uh -huh. Obviously, I'd seen him playing on TV and all, like, so obvious ones like Aidan, Nakamura. Scott McDonald was quite good when he came, you know, he came from Mullerwell a year uh -huh. previous and I think he scored 30 goals the first year and he was always dangerous. But they were all good, like, you know, they were all good players and it's hard to, to, to pinpoint anyone, but... Was there anyone that helped you? Aye, a lot of them did. You know, was Daunton going on at the start? You know, because... Because you couldn't see because you yeah. Aye, <laughs> and then, plus when I looked at my hair in the mirror, it was even more Daunton. But, uh, no, it was Daunton going because it's a massive club with big characters, but I have to say, like, they couldn't have been any more nicer and sounder. You knew them all yourself, mm -hmm. you know what Good I mean? Guys. They're all great lads and loved a bit of crack and, like, when the time was right, loved a pint and mm -hmm. a few, few madmen. Who would be the madmen? Big Borak, no? Uh, Arthur, or sorry. Yeah, I always find he kept himself to himself, you know. And when we did go and have a drink, it was never any, any ball or anything. Darren O'Dea, he was... Darren, he got a drink on him and he'd be a bit of a madman, like, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I can't say too many stories about it, but... <laughs> that first year, you played in the reserves quite a lot. Aye. With, um, with, with the jobbies. Um, how did you find that? Was it a bit, a bit disappointing? Oh, no, like, to be honest, once I'd come in, I knew how far I was behind and on all levels, like especially the fitness. And it probably gave me a year to, to settle into the club too and get to get grasp how big the club was, you know. And like I was training with the first team every day and I was travelling the matches, so it was, it was getting they, they know a lot of what it's about. And the matches with the reserves are good too, just to get up to speed and stuff like mm. that. But not, not for one second that I think I was coming from Derry City here to go straight into the first team. Mm -hmm. You were great with the reserves, you were top man. And you even took one of the boys in, Danny Lathony. Aye, not Danny in, I, How was that? Aye, it was grand because <laughs> he, he was to come on for three days and six months later he was still there. Like, so <laughs> it was, uh, I know Danny's a good lad, he was from Derry. And, I was in between apartments or something at the time, where he, I don't know where, someone else had chucked him out that he stayed six months previously. <laughs> but uh, no, I just seen a young boy at Derry and I said, Danny, like, and the worst about it was Laura was heavily pregnant at the time with her second child, so. Did you not leave your door open or not? <laughs> left the door open one day. <laughs> Did you not come in? The first house, first house we had, the back door was like a big wooden brown door, right? And, uh, about four in the morning, and I just hear that bang, bang. It's like one day night, like. And I get up and Laura's, what's that? This Teddy. She goes, I think that door's open. So I went down, hey, and there's a door swinging like that there, like the back door, like the house wide open. Then I just got up, cleared somewhere, and I don't know what time it was, but nah, it's, he's a good lad. Like, in, in fairness, then he's gone on now. Yeah, he's done well, career, like, he's, I think he's Sheffield United now and still playing at a good level. Like. Just that season, mate, you made your debut against Hibs. How was that feeling to play, play for Celtic, your first game? Ah, Did you know you were going to play before it? No, like as I said, I was travelling with squads most times. Sometimes he made the bench, sometimes he didn't even make the 18 or whatever, but most games I travelled, like, and I was on the bench and just remember getting totally warm up and, you know, getting the butterflies and excitement and then finally coming on and feeling, because I worked hard that year, honestly, I did, like, you know, I came from, you seen me the first day where I was like, I come back from injury. They, I was never going to be your brownies or anything in terms of being at the front of the running, but I got a decent enough level. And, you know, Gordon wouldn't have had you about the place if he didn't, you know, he's like, he's yeah, fitness. Like, you know, I'd yeah. sort of felt in myself I made a bit of progress, like, so it was pleasing that way. Like. Did he say anything to you before you went on? No, he, he was, you know, he's like, he's well dry and he didn't give too much away, but. He was always, like, I have to say, when I met him around, he was always inquiring about how's the family settling in and stuff like that and, you know, how you getting on. And, but uh, I would say if he had stayed the next year, I think in my own head, I know he might have different, but I think I would have played a lot more because I felt towards the end of that season, it was just starting to want his trust a wee bit, you know. Uh, I, I, I remember it, we played Rangers at Ibrox in a reserve game and you were, had guys doing the Canadian band dance for 90 minutes. But there was, a pure, there was a big buzz about you at that time, wasn't there? I, well, I think there was a big buzz about that particular game mm -hmm. because 
There was Rangers reserves and Celtic reserves at Ibrox. And, and they had like Naismith and there was big names playing for them. That's right. Well. And then they'd won the, the, that day they won the league for the sixth or seventh time in a row. So I probably started to get talked about a wee bit more then after that, you know. Uh -huh. William McStavis, but I think he called you the new Libo, mate, and I remember it. Aye, aye. He must have been fucking taking a few scoops himself at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Gordon Strachan leaves you got it to her? No, not really. Like, you know, as I said, I liked him, but <laughs> wasn't I'd be lying if I said I was got it, you know what I mean? I seen it that I think it's started to get a feeling about two or three months before the end of the season, regardless of how that season panned out. I think he was gonna go anyway. Mm -hmm. I think he had made his mind up and <clears throat> I get told some of the I don't know, senior players that he was close to, like Alexa mm -hmm. Gaz. It might have been Gaz or it could have been someone else. Like Mick or something. Uh, Aye, but anyway, it started to. So, no, I wasn't personally, I wasn't got it like it, it wasn't they say I was playing regularly under him or it wasn't they say as it gave me any promises that I was going to play the following season. So mm -hmm. for me, it was a fresh start with a fresh new manager. When you heard it was Tony Mowbray, obviously you'd been doing it trial at West Brom with him. So mm. you must have been delighted when you heard he was getting the job. Aye, but a bit apprehensive too because. Oh, because you'd done the, him Aye, the previous year I'd sort of. Done a U-turn out of their, their training ground, but and I, I didn't really know Tony as a person before that. So a lot of managers might have been coming in with a, a no. He's given me a custard last year, so I, you know, I'm going to sort him this year. Like, but no, it definitely couldn't have been further for the truth. And then when you get to know Tony as a man, like he's, you know, he's one of the best men I've came across in football in terms. Really, of, is it? Oh, I couldn't have met a nicer. Do you not remember him? Sure. Uh, but I was only there for a couple of months, and he touched me. Uh -huh. uh, no, top man, like. A, Great fella, and you just knew, I knew straight away once meeting him there'd be no hard feelings. And I think we had a meeting or something, and he said, Look, that was football, and it happened. And just get the head down now, and ended up. I can't remember how many games I played that. Because you were you, you're his sort of player, weren't you? You wanted football players. I, didn't I remember you? He did, in the tournament, do you remember we were down in Wembley? We played uh -huh. that tournament. He played me in centre midfield. And he said to me, I said, I want you to play in centre midfield, I want you to get on the ball and the tit and all. And I really enjoyed it, like in that tournament, and then. Must have changed his mind. He never played after. <laughs> Mate, see that game? I came on for eight minutes and I spent the whole time chasing Modric trying to get his top. Uh, and after the game, he went mental at us for. Did he? Because I wasn't interested in football, just getting me. Did Modric. he play that day? Aye. Modric played me. You had him on toast, me, I remember. No, I remember the thing we started though. It was Janice and Huddleston started. Uh -huh. Would you like to play in the centre more? I know you like playing the Would you like to play in the middle more for centre? I would, I actually, you know, uh -huh. I liked it, but. You know, again, it's if you look at the, the players that play through the middle, they, you know, they've good engines and they've, they have to get about the park and it's not all about just getting on the ball and passing mm -hmm. it, but if you had to get in the right team, it would have been good. Right, I need to remind you of something. The journey, the pre-season, the hotel the night before, we had joined in rooms. You want to tell the story? Ah, uh, of that Wembley tournament? Mm -hmm. Oh, that was one of the funniest things ever. It was your uh, idea. So, uh, just let me... I it was you and Carrie, wasn't it? Uh, Aye, that's right. Oh, Cadness, I huh? phoned a... It was me and Willow Flood was in the room. It was uh -huh. down in that, uh, they call it Big Fancy Hotel in Watford. Can't the Grove or something uh -huh. like that, wasn't it? Uh, I phoned down the thing and I said, here, look, you're going to have to come up here. Our TV remote's broke. Me and we Willow's lying in the bed and the boy lands up and the next minute the door smashes through and you two are wrestling butt naked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. You didn't know where to Oh, work. your man didn't know what way to turn his stand with a remote in his hand like that going. <laughs> <laughs> Memories of your face, that was And see when he's went back out then. <laughs> he was still a footer with a remote trying to fix it. It was fuck all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that was so crack. Right, mate, your first goal against Falkirk. An absolute belter. Talk uh, us through that. I know. We, uh... It was a League Cup match. And, uh... As, as often a kiss here, like, you know, sort of fringe players were, were told they'd be playing. And so my brother and my mitt, Brazo, they, they flew over for it. Because I'd, I'd tell them a day before, look, I have a good chance I'm going to be starting tomorrow night. Like. And uh, no, I just remember, I think we won 3 or 4 1 or something, but I scored the last goal. It was class. Just a, an unbelievable feeling, you know, and just end up going for a few pints after it with my brother and my mitt. And it's just a brilliant night. Like. Uh -huh. see, you, see a guy like you when you're not playing a lot? Do you feel like when you've got your chance, do you think I need to like, I need to do something at the ordinary? Ah, because you do. You think that, like, don't you? And at the time, they weren't going too well. I don't think we, no. we weren't going too well that year, and, uh, and you're still not getting on. 
and you know the thing's not going well, you start to panic and you start to worry a wee bit like and that night then I got I started and played well and I think I had a wee run the team then. I can't remember many games, but I got about five or ten games mm-hmm. in. So I could went on done well that night. Were you ever the type to go and ask why you weren't playing? Aye, all the time. You know, I'd then I'll tell you like I mean, I always used to be in, but not in an aggressive way or anything, but just look. I feel like I should be playing more or is there going to be an opportunity or blah, blah, blah and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Seeing the game now, do you think it's hard for guys like you who are, are dribblers and entertainers to, to play every week? Managers didn't seem There's not as many them. about, you know. I don't know, maybe towards the end of my time when they start to filter out. I don't know, you've obviously got your Neymars and your Messi's here that they're real. Uh, I mean, Britain, Britain sort of. I know, very rare like now. I don't know if it's the style of football or, or managers will just pick more athletic player than the main types of players but see me coaching now myself as well there's not many come, you know it's, no. you don't really see many about you know that well, I want to get on the ball and take men on like, which, did that not frustrate you that maybe a guy with less ability would play ahead of you because he was fitting in you probably looking back now I maybe but there's nothing you can really do I mean, you could almost try and get fitter which I've done many occasions and sometimes I get injured and then sometimes just lose interest like something like I just hit it the physical side of football. Like, mm. I hit it running, I hit it the gym. You, you knew it was like, but give me a football like, and I'll stay in the training pitch for five hours. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know, and that's because of the way I, like, I grew up playing football in the street. But, but I remember one time, Lenny used to make me do, it was not just me, it was about four years, me and hoops, because you always thought hoops carried a wee bit of weight. There's me, hoops two or three hours, we had to do four minute runs after and on three of the days I started to enjoy it a wee bit, no, you got better and whatever mm-hmm. and that's, it was that year I had my best run in the team like I scored seven or eight goals and I just lost interest again, I just fucking, <laughs> I just hit it running, <laughs> just, still hit running. But <laughs> man, after that Falkirk game, you scored that other belting against it months straight after it, did you start to think right this is me, going to be the top man now? Ah, that's right. I well, I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm going to be a top man, but I was thinking then that you know, it was an opportunity now to kick on. Like, and I think I did that. I played the next, I think it could have been 10 games or whatever, but something like that. But I don't know if I got injured or whatever, but I found myself out of the team again. And then come January, and obviously, told me we had that result away to St. Merlin, he was gone then. Mm-hmm. What's your memories of that, mate? It was a surreal night because. The previous year and even the first half of that year, even though we weren't playing that well, you just expected they beat St. Mirren home or away, like, and that's no disrespect to them, but he, he did. And then it just went, it was a mad night. Like at one stage, Aidan McGeady was playing left back, and there was about five strikers on, and they just kept scoring. And I was sitting in the stand going, it was just surreal. Like, was there fans waiting back here? There was, wasn't there? I can't remember. I don't think we can back. We might have come back. I can't remember, but. Robbie Keane was obviously here at the time. And he was staying in that hotel the van. Mm-hmm. So me and him ended up going back there and a few pints and we were just sort of looking at it going, what the fuck is that all about? Like, it's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> you know, and then the next day we went done. And Tony, I think Tony pulled a meeting and just, you know, obviously he would, you know, as a manager. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
he basically said, look, I'm going nowhere because the fans must have been calling for his head. And then... He said he was going nowhere? He said he was going nowhere. And then this is about 12 o'clock. And by the time I got home, it was about 20 minutes, I was going across the Sky Sports News. <laughs> Tony Mowbray's been sacked. So just happened so quickly. Uh -huh. See, just on Robbie Keane, how was he? He was your mate, wasn't he? Aye. I used to take some stick off of lads, like, because used you to say, I, I loved him. Like, he was, he was probably the first boy when he came, I was a wee bit starstruck with like, cause, you know, Really, huh? Oh, aye, aye. Probably because he's Irish too, and he was, a, he, was a, he was a star of the Premier League, you know. Uh -huh. And, uh, but top man, great lad, like, and as I say, like, the boys used to give me some stick, because I used to, like, if he was back in Dublin or whatever, I'd drive up to the airport and collect them and all, you know. Really? I loved him. Uh, they used to hammer me about it, like. Brilliant. Um, that season, Big Mick left and, and Bruni got the captain. Was there a few raised eyebrows, sorry? Uh, probably, aye, because... Bruni full of carry been, on, wasn't he? Aye, he was full mm -hmm. of carry on. And, Jesus, on nights out, no, best of crack. And probably one of the ones earlier was saying he would have had to keep an eye on it because he just loved the banter, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. But uh, in terms of his football, like he definitely, you know, he took it serious and he led by example in terms of his play and how he trained. And, you know, to, to give a hundred, and in fairness, if there was any raised eyebrows then, they've been certainly put well in their place because he's gone on to do an unbelievable job. Mm -hmm. See, just on Mowbray, because mm. I know Granite and Vino, I was, they loved you, didn't they? Eh? You loved it. No, it was Vino. <laughs> Vino was more your mate now. Like. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what do you think, why do you think it went wrong for him? For Tony? Uh -huh. uh, geez, good question. Thanks, mate. He, uh, I don't know, it was a wild change in players, you know. Remember Gaz and Rabo and mm -hmm. even young Willow, wee Willow Flood and back, they all went down to Middlesbrough with Garden and there was a lot of foreign lads coming in and then I think with Robbie, like Robbie was the last throw of the dice to get him in there. They were big money at the time, like, and I don't know. I, Trying to think back, I can't put my finger was on it, why. Was it, was it was the foreign, but did they not get on with the, the Scottish? No, boys? Was there any grand, like, the no, as thing? far as I can remember, they were all good lads, but I don't know if it was just too many. I don't know, like, you know, I'm only, mm. you've asked me a question, I'm trying to answer it the best I can, but I, I, I genuinely don't know because the lads liked them and stuff, and I don't think there were many boys that would say it wasn't a good, it was a good fella, like, and mm -hmm. I know, maybe it was just wrong job at the wrong time for him. Mm -hmm. And how did you get him, uh, Lenny took over, how did you get him in? Aye, Gran. Uh, the would be his sort of player. It was a strange one with Lenny because he took over in the January, mm -hmm. and I, literally I barely kicked the ball from January to the end of the season. Like it was, he's on the bench all the time. Sometimes we didn't make an eighteen. So in my mind, because in that January I nearly went to Blackpool, and mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and I stopped then or started, whatever happened, I, I didn't go, and. Because Tony Mowbray gave me uh, permission to speak to Ian Holloway, like, and I'd speak to them, and then <coughs> Lenny came in, and I think Lenny just in his mind, he, he didn't really care what football was played, he just wanted they won the matches. Whatever matches was left, they wanted they won them, and because he obviously, in his own mind, wanted the job permanently, like, mm -hmm. and I barely kicked the ball. I don't know if I played five games between there and the end of the season, and in my mind, I just thought, right, I'll be away in the summer now. And then the pre-season, the first day, he called me in and he's like, right, they want to offer you a new contract and I want you to be one. And I was just like, what? I said, what was all that about? Mm -hmm. And he said, look, I, I had a job to do and I just, was, that was the best way I seen fit to, to make sure I get the job. And, but we want you to stay here and this, that and the other. And so it was a weird conversation because I thought it was going to go the complete opposite way. And he was mm -hmm. just going to say, look, you're not part of my plans. Blackpool, come on for you again. Away you go. Like. And me up for saying that or be... Was there thoughts no, on no, the I wanted to leave. Like mm -hmm. at the time, I'd said to them I wanted to leave because I'd barely played. Like and I was twenty six, and Blackpool had come in. They were Premier League at the time. And uh, donkey riding that show. Well. You know me, the donkey. Like, I'm a big <laughs> fan. But uh, he, uh, no, he basically said, and then I actually I rang Peter, and, I said, and Peter said, "Look, we're not going to sell you, so it's up to yourself if you want to see out your contract or sign a new one. But we're not going to be accepting any bid." So. I was hit like, I, know, mm. but I signed it then and that was the best year I had that year. We've had a couple of people on telling us about Lenny's temper. How, that, you came on that Scottish Cup semi-final defeat to Ross County. Uh, How mad did he go that now? Oh, he lost it that day. Jeez, that was the worst I've seen. I think it was just a, a complete... In his mind, he probably thought, 
I've, I've, I've proved now. I would say so at the time he probably did like because I'd say in his mind he probably thought right I have to win the cup and I have to do well in the league they mm -hmm. get the job like when he done well in the league I think he won all his games or his last 10 games or something but the cup he probably thought so as you can imagine like the dressing room's a bad bad place to be and then you're on about the fans we come back here and there's loads of fans out there and just fucking getting slaughtering you like uh, is that the hard part of being a Celtic, fan, uh, Celtic player sorry well, you know, it's it's intense at the best of times, you know, when you're in, living around the, like I love a wee bit out of the city, but you're running around the city, it's intense, but you have a result like that, or a result like a St. Mirren one, like it's, you put the helmets on for a few days, like, cause you know, hats, is oh, Ali McCoy should you, say you Right, here we go, third season, so he's offered you a new deal, and then the best pre-season trip ever to America. The best, oh, do you remember anything about it? <laughs> no, I don't think so, you were full for about 10 days of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. Uh, it's a good laugh, remember, it? uh, Do you remember travelling around in U2's private jet? How good was that? Unbelievable. Amazing, wasn't it? Uh, that's probably one of the reasons why I ended up wanting to stay. I was thinking, like, <laughs> never going to get this again. Like, Amazing, know, like, mate. We, we had the internet on the plane. So we did the Wi-Fi and Brilliant. Brilliant, wasn't it? So, uh, but, uh, the night out at the end, The night it? out was class. You and Gouger were having a competition to see who could be the drunkest man in America. <laughs> remember we had the night grip was? What was his name again? Boy Simon. Simon, uh -huh. uh, And he was there, like, and he was standing having his pint next minute, a big bit of pepperoni inside his fist. You <laughs> smashed him with pepperoni. You told us to do it. I think it was Charlie Albert and Charlie. <laughs> and what was we, we guys are screwing up to Bruni and all that? We guys are looking to fight Bruni, uh, <laughs> I think he must have thought he was a policeman. He'd actually fight the police, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. But do you remember the kangaroo court as well? Remember it, the, the, the last day? Uh, what happened there again? Everyone got pulled up. Me and Gals were last moment we had to wear a mankini and But Lenny was good that way, wasn't he? He was good at bringing the class. boys together. Was that a big thing for Lenny? Like, as you said, like you were 20 at the time, you just fucking slapped them night grip up with this way about a pizza. Any yeah. other manager, you would have been, you would have probably never seen the, but Lenny was, you know, he was, even times I stepped out of line, like he was always good, you know, he, he never overly punished, like, you know, and have to say, in terms of, Creating that togetherness and, and sort of good vibe around a, a dressing room, he was, he was very good at that. Like, is that his best bit? His man management, I think. Aye, he was good. Like you know, and he, he liked the thought of the players socialising together, and you know, even the staff. Like when we all went out, we all went out together. The staff, the players, and like he, he didn't ever feel like fucking. Hell, I can only have a couple of pints here because the manager's there. Like you know, he'd get it in, he'd buy you know, he'd buy a pint, you know, and he was good. Like. You know, obviously done brilliant stuff in the mm -hmm. football. He's, he came from maybe an era where they they done stuff like that, and he probably thought, well, as long as it doesn't get out of hand, it's good to have a wee bit of camaraderie and everything mm -hmm. else. How did you find uh, like Johan and Tomo? Is he? I like them. Johan didn't really do much coaching, as you know. You know, he's he was more of the assistant manager, like, and he worked like with gorgeous, him. isn't he? Oh, he's beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful. But uh, no, he worked with the fence more. I mean, he had Parks in who. Sort of hung about and <laughs> done football with Lenny's mate. But uh, Tomo Tom 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 done the he? coaching. Uh, uh, Tomo done most of the coaching. Parks was brilliant though. Parks was great around the dressing room. Like, uh -huh. Parks would have been the sort of buffer between the players and the manager. Like, you know uh -huh. what I mean? If it's almost having a bit of bother with Lenny or whatever, Parks would go and just maybe all right, he'll, he'll settle down or whatever. You know, and uh -huh. Stokes, they say, was. I don't know, he'd fell out with Lenny or whatever, Lenny find him, and he wasn't playing him, though. Perks would be that sort of in between. Like, Stokes said, look, just keep training, he'll, he'll cool off. Like, it was brilliant and stuff like that. Like. But that pre-season, did you think, I'm going to play? Because you played the first game of the, the season, did, did Lenny say to you, listen, you're going to play? Aye, well, that's what I said, that conversation. Like, you know, he said, look, I want you to be a big part of it. Aiden had just left, I think, didn't mm -hmm. he? And uh, I ended up starting that game. I had a, had a freak injury, remember? I ran into Sean. No. I don't remember that, no. No, I don't remember it, mate, no. Scored a goal. Scored a goal. No, that game against Inverness. I wasn't here, I'd Scored a goal. And I got up the runway, Sean, and I, was fucking, and I still get baller on my neck since. I don't know what I've done to it, but... But, uh, I look, played the first game, scored, and I think, I'm, I think I played 35 or 36 games that year. So that season around the Christmas period, you were really flying, and you started in a 2-0 win at Ibrox. How was that for you? Aye, look, as I say, it's... Around that time, coming up to Christmas, I was, I was playing regularly, like, and uh, scoring goals and feeling I was contributing to the team a lot. And uh, 
I think we played Rangers and it was the second of January or something and we ended up winning 2 nil. I didn't know to be honest I didn't play well in the game but Big Sammy ended up scoring 2 and we won the game because we were big underdogs at that time like we were struggling injuries and suspension if I can remember right and we, they just thought was, no, they were, everybody thought they were going to turn us over but that's probably that was one of the best feelings I've had in a Celtic jersey like going there when you expect that they lose and end up winning the game uh, How was the atmosphere at Ian? I brilliant but it was when you're playing. It's but different. If you're on the bench or you know you're you're there watching or whatever, you can sample it a bit more. When you're playing, you're probably a bit focused on what's going on at the pitch. You can't really feel the atmosphere as much. Like with the characters in that team, taught us through Big Charlie with the bus driver. Oh, the jacket. Uh -huh. Oh, jeez. Uh, we were down. Uh, we were down in London for uh -huh. Christmas party, right? We used to get on the match after the match on a Saturday, so you'd have a Saturday night and a Sunday, and you can back up on a Monday. So it was a Monday, Monday morning. Like Brownie used to have it all organised. He had the flight sorted up and the bus, and you know this <laughs> London company had left you at the hotel bus. So we get on right in this big heavy man. I mean, a big, big man, and he had this big sort of fake leather jacket hang, <laughs> hanging on the back of his seat. Right, so Charlie was up, lifts the jacket, and puts it on, walks back up, and it's hanging on his arm. So he's sitting down, I saw, and Charlie's like, "I'm keeping this." I said, what are you? I said, you can't keep that. This it's a man's jacket. He said, I'll be a bit of laughing. And Charlie rings a laugh and be a laugh. I said, that's stealing. You can't steal his jacket. So I sort of forgot about it. We get up and there's Charlie with a jacket hanging on, big leather jacket. And he's walking down. Gets off a bus with a jacket, left his bag and just starts taking off the airport. So I said to Stevie, I said, Stevie, that's the fucking bus driver's jacket. I said, get up and get that off him. Because this bus driver wouldn't have a clue who we were, like, you know what I mean? He just thought somebody was stealing his jacket. So Stevie's running up to Charlie and he's all, get the fucking jacket back, you know, he goes on. And Charlie goes, it's my jacket. And he goes, that daft cunt Paddy, oh, you're all right, going ahead then. So Stevie, what are you on? I said, that's a fucking bus driver. Get up and get it off. And Charlie's now about 100 yards away with a bus driver's jacket. So we get up and we whipped it off him. Hey, but, oh, big Charlie's some crack. Was it, was it always well, a good laugh at that? Well, he was taking that jacket. Like, uh, <laughs> his mind, that jacket was not his. Care, does he? Nah, it was his. Well, uh, who else are characters in that team? You're probably with Willow, weren't you? Because Willow was teetotal when I left. And then, do you know, when I was speaking to somebody and I said, Willow's still teetotal. And he went, no, Willow's about drinking now. Ah, he likes and I said sauce. him, and he said one word, Paddy. No, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I've been blamed for this a few times, but I, I actually wasn't even present the first time we had a drink. He was actually in Vegas with his wife, and uh, Kelly was actually telling me a story. He took a Malibu and Coke one night, and that was him. She said by the end of the four days, he was reading the money bar at night. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Who else are good guys in that team? Bruni, obviously, yourself, Charlie. I, I like Jesus, great lads in that team. Joe Ledley, we are a Matthews. Uh, even the foreign boys like Key. Uh -huh. Was Key uh, a good laugh, isn't like it? Like Key was good crack when he wanted to be like you know, kept himself to himself to it. You know, but uh -huh. he'd have a bit of banter. Like. Did you all go together in Glasgow? Ah, you wouldn't like. I, I very rarely do it. Like uh, no, just over at boys' houses, wasn't it? Ah, around the Willows. We had a young family at the time. Like it. When we bothered, like, if we ever, if my ma or son had flew over, like, she would keep the wings and we'd go for a meal and we'd or whatever, but very, very rarely did I go to Glasgow, but, mm. you know, team nights out and stuff, you know. Always a good laugh. You're saying about Lenny there, how well he treated you when you, you were drinking at the airport. Uh, Are you surprised he, he, that was his first year in, in management, how good he was? No, because obviously we'd known for the previous years and he, uh, he's, a, he's a passionate man about football, passionate about Celtic and, he, he signed a lot of good players, whether it was him personally or the recruitment at the time. Like, you know, mm -hmm. they, they got Victor for very little money. It was 600,000. Uh, Baram, KL came on for very little money, a million or something. It was quoted. And you had Key, who was Key there that year. It was he there the pre he was there oh, previous the year, previous, wasn't yeah. he? Like, but he'd, he'd started to really kick on that year. So, you know, his recruitment or the club's recruitment around that time was excellent. Uh -huh. would, he get, would he be good at getting boys up for games and stuff like that? Oh, aye, aye. He was a good motivator, like, and he, he kept it simple enough, you know uh -huh. what I mean? He, he, there wasn't no great science or any great... But now he, he got his teams playing and the boys the boys loved him, like. You had a great first year, Lenny, but you lost the league on the last day. How did, how did that pan it for the team? That's disappointing, obviously, you know. 
my personal feelings, like we went down the last day, remember, and Rangers are away to Kilmarnock, like and I just knew that there was no way they were going to slip up. So it's no great surprise to me that we lost it in the last mm -hmm. day. You know, we, I think we ended up winning comfortably too, but there was no way they were going to lose. And I disappointed because it had been a good year, you know, and I'm sure in his first year he probably learned a lot as well. Like, and it was uh, a disappointing. But it was one stage it looked like it was wrapped up, didn't it? Was it away in Venice? Terrible result. We had a bad result up there. I think we lost three two or something. That was a slip up, like mm -hmm. you know, or two one or something. Can't remember. Uh, that was the day we lost it, like, and mm -hmm. you're being honest with yourself from that day forward. And you, you know, you, you did you handed the initiative to them, and you never really looked like slipping up, like. And how good was that battle when you're both of you are going for the league? Is it exciting, huh? Ah, it is. You know, it's it's exciting at the time because every game's a massive game then because. You know, we probably no one would have seen us slipping up at Inverness at mm -hmm. so that was a huge game really because you knew if you slipped up like you were handing the initiative to them and mm -hmm. chances of them slipping up were, as I said, very slim and that's the way it panned out. Mm -hmm. A downer on the league, but for yourself personally, a call up to Northern Ireland team. How delighted to be with that? Sorry, like I'd already played one game when I was 17, 18. I could, I enjoyed international football, but it wasn't a be all end all for me. Like, you know, yeah. I know some people are just mad on that, and this was good, like, but, mm -hmm. you know, I enjoyed club football a lot more. Like, mm -hmm. we had Michael O'Neill on. He's quite an impressive guy, thought not ah, he? he's a good fella. He's a smart man, uh, top, top manager, and a bit surprised, to be honest, when I seen him sign that new contract at Northern Ireland and fair play to him. Like, they obviously. Pushed the boat out to get him to stay, but I personally thought he would have went to a big Premier League club. I English think, Premier League, uh, I think. Honestly, you know, he's. I'd like to see him managing a better team with better players. Like, that's no disrespect in Northern Ireland, but a lot of the games we used to play, we were underdogs. So he'd set his team up a certain way to get results, and he was brilliant at that. But I'd like to see him with a, a team that was expected they won there, you know. I'd say he'd be, I'd say he'd be brilliant at that too. Good team spirit in that. No, uh, Ireland brilliant, team. Who's a, a character? It's big laugh, isn't it? Well, firstly, when I first went down, it was Warren Feeney and them boys, like you know, great, great fella, great lads, like great crack. And international football, like was used to go away in ten days, no double headers, like and the crack used to be. Well, it still was at the end, but it was completely different. Like when I first broke under the, the squad, like. Northern Ireland, it was a big drinking culture, like, you know, mm -hmm. not before games or anything like that, but after games and then maybe the next night after a game, but by the end of it then, when Michael was in charge, like, it was very rare occasion, like, you know, mm -hmm. the, the game had just gone a different level. That would have suited you, that would have suited you, eh? Eh? The early days would have suited you. Ah, uh, that's why I retired at the... the <laughs> when it stopped. Started, started to get too boring. <laughs> right, mate, your first trophy was Celtic, Scottish Cup 2011. Must have been a great feeling for you. Remember it, memories of that day? Ah, uh, it's just, was it Mullerwell we played, was it? Um, I think it was, yeah. Aye. Uh, I think, I think we won pretty comfortably and I came on late in the game. I can't remember much about it, to be honest. You it didn't was... get excited for much, mate, did you? No, it was good, like, you know, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I'm probably downplaying it a wee bit, but... Uh, Your family in that over final? Aye, they were all over, aye. They always used to come over for finals or the days we would get the cups and stuff like that, you know. They must have been proud to that. Aye, they loved it, like, they probably uh -huh. loved it more than me, you know. I, see, when you sign here, you nearly get used to it and it becomes a norm, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. After a very short space of time and... Uh, it's only when you, you you leave now and come back, you go, I probably didn't appreciate this as much as what I should have done at the mm -hmm. time. And looking back now, like they should have been, they were, don't get me wrong, amazing times. And But I don't know, it's just, I can't remember really much about them. Like, Do you think it's because you weren't playing weekend week? It's probably because I only played the last couple of minutes. If I had a start at maybe and mm -hmm. maybe scored or something, it would probably meant. I know a lot more, or whatever. It still means a lot. Don't get me wrong. Like for my son and my daughter, and that, like I still have the medals in the house and the jerseys and all. Like mm. it's great for them. Like, but it's, it's, it's brilliant. Like mm. I'm, I'm trying not to downplay it, but it was class. And someone had a said to me at 13, you'd won any, even play for Celtic, you'd have snapped their hand off. Like so, they won four or five trophies and play. I don't know, as a hundred appearances, or whatever it was. Like it was brilliant. Like. Did you enjoy the celebrations after more? Huh? 
That's probably why I can't remember too much about it. <laughs> trying to remember. Can you remember when no, you said but, that now? No, there was always something on. I don't know. It was always Brownie had had a room in the canteen, or and then the families would all came. Like it was good crack. Like mm-hmm. right. bander. Two more seasons at Celtic for 2011. You mostly use as a sub. Was that mm. disappointing? Or? Of course, like as anybody, you just want to play. And but at the time, as I mentioned, the players there at the time we were a really strong team and. We were earlier on about that run up to Christmas when I was playing a lot. We seen Chris Cummins in that January and Chris sort of took my place. And in fairness, then we went on the had an unbelievable last six months of that season. And then the next couple of seasons, it was great. So my game time then was a lot more limited like after his arrival. Did you never think about asking to leave again now? I think I did. I think I did a couple of times. can't remember. Like there was a couple of clubs come in. And, but Lenny, I don't know, Lenny, like he'd gone. He'd gone to his office thinking, right, I'm going to sort him here. I'm gonna, and he'd come, he'd, whatever he would say, like, you'd come out thinking, oh, actually, no, he's right, I am, you know. Mm-hmm. And you'd end up staying again, like, you know. <laughs> but I was never in any rush to leave. Even the time I did leave, like, it was a big wrench, you know. I'd done it because of football reasons, but I knew once I left here, I was never going to experience another club like this. Uh-huh. Just on your Celtic career, what was your highlight? Personal highlights? Uh-huh. Go for it. Personal highlights is scoring. I say this in every interview, so people are probably sick of hearing it, but scoring the first goal at Celtic Park, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Because when I was a young boy at Radstale and I started getting on, started to sort of lose my way a wee bit, like, and I got released and end up back at Derry. You think that's gone, like. Mm-hmm. And I remember when that happened, like, I was, I was proud, like, and it was a great moment, like. Mm-hmm. Do you, you were a bit of a cult hero with Celtic fans. That must have been a lot, mean a lot to you. Aye, like I've done an interview this week actually just about the game and that tomorrow and the reporter was nearly sort of asking, like, how is this sort of came about? And I just, look, probably a number of reasons. You know, there's the fact that I'm Irish, the fact of the way I played the game and the goals are scored and I don't know, it's just... From day one, they just seem to take them in, mm-hmm. and I've always had a strong rapport with the fans, and I've always been very appreciative of it. Is there anything you've done different looking back now? Loads. What? Well, when I say loads, you'd have got like, in the toilet before John Robertson. I would have locked it before he got <laughs> on. No, when I say loads, I mean, in my mind, I'd like to think I'd done loads, but knowing the way I am, I probably wouldn't. You know what I mean? Because. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to think if I was 10 years younger, I would have went to the gym more and I would have stayed out and done that running that I didn't like to do, but I probably wouldn't have. So. <laughs> we'll end on that, mate. What a guy. Yeah. Thanks very right, much. Top man. Top man. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.